Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, this episode is sponsored by Spoken, which is an online service that offers flexible and tailored business English lessons delivered by your teacher straight to your phone uh, with WhatsApp or WeChat. English lessons are pretty short and they combine bits of listening, speaking, reading and writing to help you improve your English for professional situations. And Spoken are offering you two free lessons and then 20% off all of their course packages. Go to getspoken.com LEP or click a Spoken logo on my website. So here is a new film club episode about the Alien movies. I hope that you're a fan of those films. If uh, if you're not a fan, then this might not be for you, I suppose. But I do hope you listen. Basically, I'm going to be rambling on about the Alien films. Uh, in terms of language, you'll hear loads of descriptions of the events and themes of the film, and also my opinions. Um, as ever, I encourage you to listen out for language. You might notice some specific phrases for different purposes. Check out the page for the episode where you'll see a lot of the notes that I made before recording, so you can actually check out a lot of the uh, vocabulary there. There are also a few YouTube videos there for you to see as well. Okay then, so let's get started with this alien-themed episode, and here is the jingle. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, welcome to Luke's English Podcast. How are you today? Hope you're doing all right out there in podcast land. Here's a new episode for you to enjoy. And uh, I got a message the other day from a listener in South Korea called Ethan Lee. And Ethan asked me if I was going to see the new Alien film, Alien Covenant, and if I could talk about it on the podcast. Well, I'm sort of a fan of the Alien movies, and today I am actually going to see Alien Covenant. So here is a film club episode all about the Alien franchise. So I'm going to describe the films, their stories, what makes them great or not so great including Prometheus from a few years ago. Then I'm actually going to go down the road and see Alien Covenant in my local cinema, and afterwards I will tell you what I think of it. I'm going to do my best to avoid spoilers throughout this episode uh, while discussing these films, although I am assuming that you've probably seen at least Alien, the first film, and Aliens, the second one, and you know some of the big moments, like probably the most famous scene in the original Alien film, where we first see the alien, uh, when the alien comes to dinner, let's say. Um, I expect that you know some stuff, but in any case, I will try to avoid big plot spoilers. I'm going to be talking about the film Prometheus as well in this episode. I'm going to give away a few details of that one, but for me, uh, a bit like the movie Taken, it's impossible to spoil it. I mean, in a way, the film sort of spoils itself and kind of doesn't at the same time. And I, anyway, I think that the details I'll give you about Prometheus won't necessarily spoil your film, uh, your enjoyment of the film. Um, so 
I'm also going to give uh, mini reviews of the other films in the franchise before focusing on Alien Covenant and telling you what I thought of it. So, um, I've just written some notes here on uh, this Google document that I'm using here. And these are going to just help me get through the sort of first bit about uh, Alien and the Alien franchise and things like that before we then move on to uh, my sort of immediate review of uh, Alien Covenant. So, um, I don't know if you out there are kind of interested in the Alien films. I'm sure that many of you are. I'm sure that many of you watch those films like me and were sort of really interested and intrigued by this kind of whole Alien um, idea and what they are and where they come from and, you know, the way that they work. And also the sort of design of the whole world and the way that the aliens look and, and all that kind of thing. It's quite fascinating. Uh, so you might be a fan of the Alien films. Also, equally, you might not. You know, I'm sure that many of you out there haven't really seen that kind of uh, that kind of film where you don't usually see films like that and you're not really interested in stuff like sci-fi or horror-type things. Um, well, you know, I think that's a pity, obviously, because I think there's plenty of interesting stuff going on in these films. It's not just about sort of violence and monsters. Uh, there are many other ideas going on there, too. And it's sort of, for me, like an extension of some of the science fiction writing that went on um, in the last century, you know, with uh, people like H.P. Uh, Lovecraft and that kind of world. Um, and, you know, I find it interesting. So... I think for me it's that really like the kind of fascination in, in uh, of this other world and what these creatures are I remember the first time I heard about the alien films it was when I was at school I must have been about 12 or 13 years old and I remember a friend of mine at the school who I used to hang out with had seen like alien and aliens uh, on video or something and he was completely knocked out by them he thought they were amazing and um, he told me basically the story of the first two films, you know, just, just in the playground or something. He kind of filled me in on the whole thing. So before I'd even seen the films, I'd got this kind of account of what happens in the films. And that sort of, I guess, made it even more fascinating because my imagination kind of took over. And he was telling me stories of like these, you know, uh, these people in space and how they end up kind of a crash landing on a planet or something and there's like this alien species and it has all these different methods of sort of reproducing and all these different forms that it takes and the process by which it reproduces and the way it hunts people down and it's kind of got all these sorts of specific things about it like for example the blood is is acid and the blood sort of like will burn through the floor of a spaceship or um Things like the fact that they, they, they have a very sharp tail, which is like a, you know, like a dagger or something, and all these kinds of things. And it was fascinating in my mind just being told the story without seeing the films. But then I saw some clips from the film Aliens in a science, fix, uh, science fiction exhibition in America or something when I was about 14. And I remember seeing footage of uh, Ripley who is the character played by Sigourney Weaver in the in the films, uh, Ripley fighting against an alien queen. And Ripley is in this kind of big, um, I don't know what it is really, it's like a big sort of lifting machine, uh, but she sort of gets inside it and she controls the arms and legs of it. And it's like gives her the same level of power as the alien queen and she sort of battles with it. And it's directed with, you know, flair by um, James Cameron, the, the action movie director. 
and that was amazing you know and like the, the first time i actually saw the alien and then i think i saw aliens so not even the first film i saw the second film first um on sort of vhs video at uh, at a friend's house i must have been about 14 years old and um i went round to his house and he had all these like dodgy videos um and a lot of them were pirate movies you know like movies that had been copied from other movies or something so the quality was pretty bad but we watched it and i remember it was like after school one evening it must have been about 5 p.m. we were sitting there watching aliens i didn't get to watch the whole thing i got maybe the first 45 minutes and just the suspense like the tension of these soldiers landing on this planet and you know that there are like these awful aliens there and just you know the way that it's directed and built up the tension it was amazing and i remember having to go home not having seen the rest of the film when i did eventually see the rest of the film like probably a year or two later um i was amazed at the ending as well because it's got a great ending so for me like aliens first of all was like this amazing action movie uh like really exciting action film um i didn't see alien the proper original one until later on when i was older and now i think that actually alien is the best one because it kind of set up the whole uh myth of the alien and um so much of the iconography from those films is present in that first one so essentially the timeline of movies that we've had in terms of like the timeline in the story is technically it goes prometheus first uh, which is kind of an alien prequel. So Prometheus first, then Alien Covenant, which is the film I'm going to see today, and then Alien, then Aliens, then Alien 3, uh, then Alien Resurrection, and there are also a couple of sort of spin-off movies, Alien versus Predator, where the aliens fight against the Predators. But I don't think the Alien versus Predator films actually count as part of the official canon uh, of the alien franchise so they kind of don't really count those films so um that's the timeline but obviously in in the way that the films were released it's a bit like star wars in the sense that you know all the numbers are all wrong so alien was the first film to be released and that was i think 1979 and then aliens came after um alien the first one was directed by ridley scott who is this you know famous movie director who did some of his best work in the 70s and 80s um and he also directed blade runner as well which um has got a sequel coming out soon too i believe um and blade runner is just stunning i mean it's an absolutely stunning piece of work um the visuals are incredible and it's influenced so many other works you know in the you know since then um and similarly alien the first uh film directed by ridley scott is um also an incredibly atmospheric film and the visuals are really 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 effective the way that he sort of uses the inside space of these dodgy old spacecraft to create this sort of claustrophobic feeling and all the objects in the background seem to be almost sort of like they could potentially be monsters and you're constantly looking over people's shoulders and it's very scary and really effectively done, like really effectively told. Um, so let's, I guess, start with that one. I think the the basic plot of Alien is that 
Uh, there's a mining ship and um, a few people on this mining ship and I guess they've done their work and they're heading home to Earth and they pick up a, dis- uh, a distress signal from a little planet and they go down to check it out and it turns out that there are all these weird eggs everywhere and one of the crew is investigating and this thing uh, jumps out of one of the eggs and attaches itself to his face um, and um, this is the face hugger and, you know, they try and get it off and they can't and they discover that its blood is acid and eventually the thing dies and kind of just dies and releases the guy and, you know, everything seems to be fine. They're sitting around a table and then, you know, the alien properly arrives and it's all part of the process by which the alien sort of, I guess, uh, reproduces that... Uh, First of all, technically, there's a queen alien. We don't see the queen until the end of the second film. But the queen is the one who lays all these eggs. She sort of lays them all all over the place. And then, essentially, the eggs sit there for for years. And when something comes close to the egg, for example, a person investigates one, then it senses that the person is there and it opens up and this thing comes flying out, um, this horrible face hugger which is like an eight-legged hand with a tail and it flies out and attaches itself to the face of the person who's nearby and then it kind of it sends down this like sort of i don't know quite how it works um you know i don't know what they're doing really but anyway they somehow impregnate a person with an alien and then later on the alien like comes out and it's small when it comes out and uh, then it grows pretty quickly. And that's basically what happens in Alien. And they have to deal with it. And, you know, you need to watch the film to find out exactly what happens. I'm not going to go into all the other details. Uh, then Aliens um, uh, takes place like a, f- a couple of decades after Alien, I think. And uh, Ripley, this, the main character from the previous film, was woken up from her hypersleep by the corporation, the Wayland Corporation, I think they're called, and they want to send. Uh, they they think that they there might be some aliens on the planet, and so they want to send a crew of people up there to to take them out. And it's basically a kind of a battle movie, a kind of action movie, where these marines go up to this planet and they're taken by surprise by the aliens, and they're on the defensive. And there's lots of scenes of uh, dramatic action where they're fighting against aliens and things like that. And you know they they I guess. The Queen Alien is involved and there's a battle between Ripley and the Queen Alien and there's a stunning uh, end to to the Aliens uh, film. Um, But anyway, what was I saying? I was talking about Alien, right? I need to continue talking about Alien a little bit because that sort of, I think, is really crucial to what has made the whole franchise what it is. Um, So uh, essentially, I've talked about the mystery of it, like what are these creatures and things. Um, essentially Alien is a slasher film in space. You know, those slasher films from the 70s, like A Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th or something, Halloween. You know, there's a kind of bogeyman, a boogeyman, who is, you know, trying to, he's killing off the characters one by one. It's basically that in space, but with all of the extra style and panache that's brought to it by uh, Ridley Scott, the director, but also the designs that were done by this Swiss uh, artist called H.R. Geiger. And uh, Geiger really is the the one, Geiger, Giger. I say Geiger. I think some people say Giger. Um, He's the one really who sort of created the alien and the whole world of the aliens. And I think the script writer, you know, wrote these descriptions to Geiger, uh, giving him some instructions, but then Geiger kind of interpreted them to create these kind of, 
different creatures. So the alien with its kind of long head, which is vaguely sort of um, phallic in a sense, it kind of looks a bit phallic, like this long head. And the creatures themselves are very tall and they have this sort of sharp tail, which is also sort of phallic in its own way. And also when they open their mouth, they have this extra set of jaws that come flying out. And that's also kind of phallic too. So they're sort of weirdly, slightly weirdly sexual looking things. And also other parts of like, for example, the face hugger also looks a bit like genitalia from a certain angle. And, you know, it's all very weird in that sense. And also the fact that a lot of it's about sort of impregnating um, uh, humans and the whole life cycle of the alien is weird. So there are these kind of odd subtexts about sex or reproduction and also motherhood as well. Um, so, it you know, it all amounts to this pretty weird uh, mix of all these weird subtexts with the danger of the aliens and the ruthlessness and efficiency that they have um and you know also the action scenes and the scenes of drama between the characters and also the the uh, context about the corporation which um doesn't sort of care about the humans they just want to take the aliens capture them and weaponize them so there's this backdrop of this kind of corporate world which is very sort of immoral and all that kind of thing um, set out against the weird kind of respect that we have for the aliens as well because they have their order and they've got clearly they've got their 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 whole sort of society where they communicate with each other and that kind of thing so um it's very interesting um so going on to the movie aliens then which is this action movie directed by james cameron basically more aliens and more ex- explosions um and um you know some scenes of the annoying marines being all macho and gung-ho but um some great action sequences and uh also you see lots of aliens doing lots of alien type things you know lots of sort of alien moments uh, it's pretty good alien 3 is um uh, a little bit disappointing i think everyone agrees uh, it's a, I think they had some problems while they were making it. You know, they had struggles in production. Uh, there might have been rewrites or something or a new director. Anyway, it was a troubled production and it kind of shows up in the film. It's just, it's just not quite as engaging as the previous two uh, episodes. Uh, it's got fairly poor storyline. Uh, some of the main characters from the previous episode get killed off right at the beginning of the film, which is a, a disappointment. So it feels like it's a sort of a departure from the uh, the storyline of the first two films. Uh, it's The whole thing is set in a prison colony. And it's very bland to look at. You know, the set designs are very sort of boring and basic. All the characters have shaved heads. So it's just all these shaved heads and it doesn't look very interesting, really. It lacks the the sort of interest that you got from the previous two films with all that H.R. Geiger stuff. Um, I've seen um, Alien 3 a few times, but honestly, even now, I can't really remember what it's all about. Um, I can't really remember. I think it's something to do with, again, probably the corporation trying to uh, catch the aliens and um, uh, and then Ripley having to take drastic measures to make sure that doesn't happen. Corporation, aliens, humans in the middle, you know, that it's basically that again, but set on a prison colony. Um, some fairly poor quality CGI aliens. CGI meaning computer-generated images. Previously, the aliens had been, I guess, like either a man in a suit or they'd been sort of prosthetics or they'd been like um, uh, models and things like that. Um, like the alien queen is incredible 
and it's full size and I don't know how they did it but it's I guess it's like animatronics or something and you see Ripley fighting against it and it looks genuinely threatening and scary and it's sort of you know uh, almost tactile you you can sense that it's a real thing but in Aliens uh, Alien 3 you get these computer generated images these graphics and they look a bit kind of rubbish like they're not really there it's a bit like a uh, an animation or something so that doesn't really help anyway that's alien 3 then uh, alien resurrection which is kind of like alien 4 alien resurrection is still not as good as the first two films but it's slightly better than alien 3 uh, in my opinion and basically this is about a gang of mercenaries like kind of hired hired guns you know like uh uh kidnappers or or killers or something a group of mercenaries who find out that the military have cloned ripley from the you know other films and they've used her to create some aliens and they want to again uh they want to weaponize the aliens which is you know what always the evil the evil military or the evil corporation always wants to just uh, use the aliens to make a weapon and the aliens get loose in the ship and it all goes horribly wrong while the whole ship heads towards the earth again which is the other thing that always happens that like the alien ship is heading towards earth and they've got to stop it um and there are some creepy bits about cloning including uh, the times when they'd failed to clone ripley in the past it's all a bit horrible and also at some point there's a weird like ripley alien mix that's created like this new monster which is sort of like half alien half human and it's it's created um and everyone it, it wants to kill everyone except ripley who she considers to be her mother or something and there's a scene at the end where the monster uh goes and it's hideously disgusting and also kind of sad as well it's i find alien resurrection to be really sort of sad and weird and creepy and not in the same way as the other ones it's just really emotionally weird uh, I find it to be a weird, gross film which explored some of the themes of reproduction and motherhood, but with this kind of slightly twisted angle to it. Um, then, as I said before, there's Alien vs. Predator and Alien vs. Predator Requiem, which is an extremely stupid title for a film, isn't it? Alien vs. Predator Requiem. That's quite trendy in films these days. They often have, like, colon, you know, other word kind of stuff, you know? Like, uh, in alien uh covenant you know these all these sort of weird names that you have these days um so i've never actually seen alien versus predator or alien versus predator requiem although i have caught some of those films on tv and i've watched a bit but i didn't continue and generally what i've seen is that the they're they're pretty awful they're considered to be pretty rubbish it's almost like b-movie level filmmaking i think uh the direction is quite horrible it's all everything takes place in the dark all the fight scenes happen close up so you can't actually see anything and generally it's just aliens punching predators or like a guy in an alien suit punching a guy in a predator suit uh it could have been great you know the the idea of the aliens and the predators fighting that could have been great but it's not there's also a pred alien as well another weird name a pred alien which is basically where an alien um a face hugger attached it attaches itself to a predator and then out out of that comes a pred alien <laughs> I, th- I think it's a ridiculous name um so that's alien versus predator an alien versus predator requiem um as i said before neither of the alien versus predator films are considered to be canon so we can kind of forget about them then there was like 
um, all these rumours going around that Ridley Scott was going to do another Alien movie. And then it, it happened. And Prometheus arrived in, what, 2012, I think. And basically, Prometheus was a big moment for the studio to advertise the fact that Ridley Scott was back on board with the Alien franchise. And it was kind of like rebooting the Alien franchise. And the general spirit of it seemed to be, let's bring back the original world of Alien. Let's bring it back to how it was before. Um, And um, there was excessive marketing for the film uh, before its release with uh, Ridley Scott really talking up the film in a very high-level way, talking about these ancient myths and big themes about humankind dabbling in too much power and the gods taking revenge and all this stuff, the whole legend of Prometheus. And the film deals with humanity's relationship with the gods, their creators, and the consequences of defying them. So big themes, uh, you know, big ideas. And I thought, wow, this sounds amazing. And I, to be honest, I binged on the publicity and the hype. I watched all the viral videos. I watched all the interviews on YouTube. I really soaked it all up. And I I went to the film expecting something huge. You know, I thought this is going to be brilliant. Ridley Scott's an amazing director. Uh, This, you know, the Alien franchise is brilliant. It needs to go back to basics again. This is going to be fantastic. And what I actually got was cheesy dialogue, B-movie level plot points and action sequences pseudo intellectualism amazing visuals some bizarre moments uh, bizarre moments with weird monsters and some extremely stupid decision making on the part of the characters in some of the scenes now all in all i'm not quite sure what to think of prometheus but nevertheless i am still slightly obsessed with it um i don't think it's a great film but I do kind of think about it sometimes. It's one of those films that does come back to me and I find myself, you know, reading blog articles about it or looking at videos where people have made theories about the film, you know? Um, So it is something that um, I think about sometimes weirdly. Um, And there are some great things about the film, like, for example, the effects, the visuals, the performance of uh, Michael Fassbender as the android David. Um, Some of the monster scenes are amazing and they... I get the impression that they fixed some of the computer-generated images problems that they had from the films in the 90s. And uh, the effects generally are amazing. The, you know, some of the monsters look incredible. Uh, the whole world is really gorgeous. It's really, really, uh, you know, perfectly realised. Uh, but just the story is a bit of a disaster. And the script, um, it, it is also quite mysterious and it makes me wonder what it's all about. Uh, I mentioned the fan theory videos on YouTube. You can find them with people going on at length about all of the hidden meanings and the real meanings of Prometheus and what it really means. And it, to be honest, it makes my head spin a little bit. Here's my take on it, right? Here's my version of Prometheus. So spoiler alert, I guess for the next five minutes or so, I'm going to talk about Prometheus. If you haven't seen it, then spoiler alert, you might want to skip past this bit. But here's my take on what Prometheus is all about and what, what happens. So all begins, I guess, millions of years ago on Earth. And there's this guy called an engineer. A few of them are there on Earth. The engineers are these other race of beings from some other star system in the universe. The engineers, they're kind of taller than humans. They're kind of humanoid in shape, but they're taller. They seem to have pale gray or blue skin. And they've got, they, they, they appear to look like sort of Roman statues 
I suppose. You know, they've got these features like kind of Roman or Greek uh, statues. And they're these big guys. And there's an engineer on Earth. And he arrives and he drinks this weird black stuff. This like dodgy black liquid. He drinks a cup of it. And it makes him all disintegrate. Uh, He sort of starts disintegrating like that. And he's standing on a waterfall. And all his bits like disintegrate into the waterfall. And he dies. And basically... Uh, all of his DNA gets spread into the ecosystem on Earth, seeding life on Earth, probably human life. All right, okay, so that's what he did, that he drank this stuff and seeded the world with uh, DNA to presumably create human life. Now, I, to be honest, I do wonder why he has to drink that stuff to do that. Why does he have to drink it to do it? Why can't they just, I don't know, make a mix and just pour it over the waterfall? But I don't know why he has to do that, but it looks cool. He's like, you know, uh, and then he disintegrates and there's these guys in robes, you know. It's like, oh, heavy, heavy stuff went down. Then we cut to the present day or the near future or whatever it is. It's like a few years into the future. Like these science fiction movies always are. It's always like, you know, 2025, you know, just a few years into the future. And then 2025 actually comes and it's nothing like that at all. But anyway, it's like 2028, uh, the near future. And there's a couple of scientists and they've worked out from looking at cave paintings all over the world where the engineers come from they've they've worked out that there is a there's a, like another star system somewhere and that's there seem to be these signs around saying that's where uh you know your creators are from now i suppose what this means is that the engineers visited like ancient civilizations back in the day and they were like all right you know up there that's where we come from so if you you know if you need anything just you know you know uh, you know who to call you've got our number there that's where we are if you need anything all right uh, and then you know they went back and then um these scientists found the cave paintings and they were like oh look look at these cave paintings they're all the same in all these different cultures that must be where our creators come from so they set up this mission to um to go and discover our creators they go to find them and they're sponsored by the Wayland Corporation that evil corporation um and the Wayland Corporation is, is like headed by this old guy called, what is it, Raymond Wayland? No, that can't be his name. Raymond Wayland? That's ridiculous. Anyway, Mr. Wayland is this old guy who's in charge of the Wayland Corporation. And he seems to be very interested in the project, and that's all a bit weird. And then they go up there, and they get there, and they land on the planet, and it's seemingly a deserted planet. But they find this spaceship, which looks kind of crash-landed or something, but they find a spaceship... And uh, apparently this isn't the engineer's home planet. Instead, this is a planet where uh, the engineers have been storing all of this stuff. They've been storing these sort of jars of black goo. Goo is like slime. It's kind of like, I don't know, what's goo? A bit like Honey is a bit like goo, but it's, it's good goo, isn't it, honey? Really good goo. But this kind of goo is bad goo. Okay, it's black goo and it's really bad. I don't know what it is. Well, I kind of know what it is. I think it's an e- it's a weapon that the engineers have been creating. They've created this sort of bioweapon in the form of this black goo. All right, so they f- the, the crew from Earth land and uh, they find a spaceship, an engineer's spaceship, and it's full of all this black goo, all these sort of pods or jars of black goo. And um, 
The ship that they find also has some murals on the walls, including a mural of a xenomorph. Xenomorph is an alien, you know, the alien from the alien film. The aliens we're talking about, they're called xenomorphs. So there's like this mural of a xenomorph on the wall in the spaceship, which is kind of like, hello, that looks familiar. And there's all these black jars of goo that look a bit like alien eggs, but they're not. They're like smooth and flat. Anyway, what, hap- what, it's, what it looks like is that the engineers were maybe loading all the goo onto the ship and then something went wrong. Maybe they got infected by the goo and they had some trouble and whatever happens, it didn't work out. And, you know, it looks like there was a problem. They're all dead, apparently, but there's one left who's not dead, one engineer who's like in stasis or something. He's, he's like cryogenically frozen or something. There's like one en- engineer who's like not dead. And they find some other engineers and they try to wake them up and, you know, whatever. Um, So it looks like the engineers were loading the black goo and something went wrong. So, um, and apparently you can see from the map that they were heading for Earth with this load of black goo, which kind of makes you think, were they going to use this as a bioweapon against against us on Earth? Um, So... You know, what is this black goo? Well, it's sort of a weird bioweapon. If you come into contact with you, uh, if you come into contact with it, it infects you and somehow turns you into something like it mutates you into a monster. Um, I'm not sure exactly what kind of monster you become eventually because we never really see it taking its full effect. You see some of the effects, but basically it turns you into a really nasty guy. It puts you in a really bad mood. Let's put it that way. And the uh the quality of your skin deteriorates very quickly and you're just angry all the time and you want to kill everyone and you've got super strength that's what it does so that's this <laughs> this is the weapon that the engineers have decided to use to kill off the humans so what they're going to do is turn all the humans into really vicious killing machines what kind of stupid plan is that it's the most ridiculous plan ever like it's the worst weapon i've ever like heard of a weapon that you use against your enemies and it just makes them into much stronger enemies. What's going on? That, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. I mean, you know, why not just poison everyone? Why do you have to turn them into, like, these super strength monsters? I don't understand that at all. But it's kind of cool. Like, yeah, you know, bioweapon that mutates and turns you into a super, super strength monster. It is quite cool, but, I mean, it... it it really doesn't make any sense, does it? I don't think it does. And I'm scratching my head thinking, oh, maybe it means something else. And maybe all those fan theories on the internet are right. But actually, no, that's just really stupid, I think. Um, so uh, David, the android, who is like owned by the Wayland Corporation. So he's all a bit sort of, we're not sure if we can trust him because he works for the corporation. And in previous alien films, the aliens have kind of gone all wrong and you don't know whether you can trust them or not. So David, played by Michael Fassbender, who is brilliant in the role, he really nails this cold, emotionless sort of android who's like more human than human. And um, David uh, uh, takes a sample of the black goo because obviously it doesn't affect him because he's a, like a robot, isn't he? So he takes a sample of the black goo and he tests it out and he tests it on one of the crew members. He puts a drop of it in his water and gives it to him. He spikes him, basically. He basically spikes him with the black goo. And this guy doesn't realise and he feels a bit sick. He he has sex with his girlfriend, but then he kind of gets really sick and he turns into a monster a little bit and then he gets killed. 
Um, and then, uh, but the girlfriend who he had sex with, she sort of gets pregnant. And um, it's a bit nasty what happens. Essentially, she's, she gives birth to a, a weird alien squid. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. I don't know how else I can put it. But basically, she gives birth to an alien squid. I don't know why it's a squid. I've no idea why it comes out as a squid. Uh, there's no reason as far as I can see. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. It's just really weird. But the squid escapes fine. And so does she. She's fine. She's, you know, uh, they had to do a cesarean to get the thing out. But, you know, she's fine. They used a stapler, like an electronic robot robot stapler stapled her up. She's fine. She's running around um, shooting things. Absolutely fine. Okay. Um, and um, so then two of the crew members... Uh, are investigating the planet and they're extremely stupid i mean they're supposed to be some of earth's top biologists some of the best minds from earth and they go up onto this planet and they act like typical b-movie horror movie idiots so they're walking through this cave and the cave is where some of the black goo has been hanging around so there's a pretty bad vibe going on in the cave let's say they're walking around oh we're just in a cave fine and um, on the ground, one of them sees this weird worm. Now, uh, remember that the black goo has been stored in this cave. Well, the black goo has infected some of the worms from the earth in the cave. So it's infected them, and of course it's turned them into evil super worms. And one of them arrives, and the scientist on this alien planet is like, Oh, look, a little worm, little snake. Hello, snakey, snakey. Come on, snakey, snakey. I don't think he actually says, come on, snakey, snakey. But he said words to that effect. Like, oh, you know, goo goo, little snakey snake. The snake comes up and it opens up like a cobra. You know, like the way a cobra opens itself up, like it fans itself out. It opens up like a cobra, but it's like a rude cobra, right? It's kind of a weird, creepy, rude uh, cobra. And he's like, oh, look at that. And, he, and it, it grabs his arm. And it twists him up, and there's a pretty horrible moment where somehow this snake manages to find its way in, inside his spacesuit. And not just inside his spacesuit either, it actually manages to go a little further than that. And that's all I'm going to say. And it's not a, you know, the results obviously are not good. You, you know, you can guess what happened to him. I think he turns into a super strength monster. And then his friend, who's there like trying to help him cuts the the worm at one point and it sprays out its acid blood all over his spacesuit and he gets the acid blood on his skin and um guess what happens to him as a result of getting the acid blood on his skin yep that's right he becomes a super strength monster as well so everyone's just like turning into monsters all the time and you know these biologists making these really stupid decisions like oh look a scary space cobra what could go wrong um and so what's going on? Well, apparently the engineers were loading up their spaceship with all of this black goo so they could drop it on Earth, which is their stupid idea to try and take out civilization. Because I think, you know, after having created us, I think they kind of, um, eventually they got fed up with us, didn't they? I think that's what's going on. The engineers were like, oh God, no, just stop the humans. They're terrible. You know, they're fed up with us and they just wanted to kill us. So maybe because they've been observing us and they've just been thinking, oh no, God, let's start again. Humans are rubbish. Look, Donald Trump, the Kardashians, Brexit, just kill them all. 
Um, that's I think was their plan, which you know doesn't work because the remaining crew members managed to stop the engineers sending all the goo to Earth. They crash into him again. You know, it's another plot line where they're sending the aliens to Earth and they've got to stop them. Um, and one of the engineers ends up getting impregnated by the squid thing. Um, and then uh, we see the ship crash, you know, the ship with all the goo on it. The ship crashes black down on the planet and there's a stupid moment where the key, the principal character called Shaw and the the woman played by, um, what's her name? Vickers. Can't remember the name of the actress. Anyway, um, they're running away from the spaceship as it's rolling across the ground and they're running away and it's like rolling behind them and you kind of keep thinking just turn right or left there's an easy way out of this just run to the right or run to the left but they keep running in a straight line and the whole thing rolls over um so it's kind of again it looks amazing it's like wow that's incredible but just run to the left a little bit and you'll be fine and then the final moment of the of the film you see this uh the um engineer that had been impregnated and it outbursts this new alien thing which is like it's sort of a bit like a squid like xenomorph it looks a bit like a xenomorph but it's kind of fleshy and gray and apparently it's called the deacon i don't know where that name comes from i just read that on the internet apparently it's called the deacon and it kind of turns and screams like that and then like a an extra set of jaws comes out and it's like whoa it whoa that looks kind of like an alien wow that that's wait a minute, I thought this was, you know, and at that point I was thinking, but this film is supposed to tie into the the next film, Alien, right? So what we should have at the end of this one is like, you know, the alien eggs or maybe an alien face hugger or something. You know, we need to have that right at the end. And the film just doesn't do that at all. It completely didn't leave us anywhere near the Alien film. In fact, we're on a completely different planet. Uh, no idea how it connects. Um... And we had no idea that a sequel was going to come along. But then, here we go. This year, we are presented with Alien Covenant. And generally, it's been advertised and marketed in the same way as Prometheus, which means they've been doing a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of footage from the film released in trailers, loads of different versions of the trailers, lots of shots of the alien. We've seen lots of the alien in the trailers and things as if they have to say to us, look, there are definitely aliens in this one. But I have to say, uh, I, you know, I have been keeping up with all of the hype and all that stuff, but I do have to say, I don't think it looks very good. Uh, why? Well, I think that, first of all, they appear to be repeating the same steps as the original Alien film. It looks kind of like the same thing. It looks like the same story. Uh, then there are some clips of moments in the film that look really cliched like really just typical cliches from horror films. For example, there's a person who apparently has been infected by the black goo or something. There's a guy who's been affected by the black goo. And by the way, black goo, if I haven't made this clear already, black goo is rubbish, isn't it? I mean, it's not as good as the alien because it's just goo and it's really unspecific. If it touches you, you become a monster with super strength. But with the alien, it's... Uh, it, it's got its weird reproduction cycle and it's far more interesting. Uh, black goo just doesn't really make any sense. But anyway, in the trailer, it seems that one person is mutating into a monster because of the black goo, but it's it's the most cliched thing of him sort of standing under a bright light and kind of shaking. 
while apparently possessed by the stuff. You know, you've seen that in a million horror films, like a guy sort of shuddering and shaking. <laughs> you know, how many horror films have you seen that in? Where a guy starts going. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, that happens. Uh, and a couple of other things. Like, for example, uh, there's a clip of two people in a shower. Two people in a shower sharing a, 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 a sort of intimate moment. They're naked in a shower in a very dark, kind of creepy, big, dark shower. They're in there and an alien creeps up on them in the shower. And you see the, the alien's tail coming up between their legs while they're in the shower. So, like the alien's tail comes up between their legs. And it's like, what? what is this weird suggestive imagery? I mean, how many times have we seen a couple in the shower and the killer comes on, you see the knife? You know, it's been done a million times before. Basic sexual imagery straight out of the uh, Hitchcock handbook. Um, and, uh, I mean, I love Alfred Hitchcock, but... I mean, you know, I think that a lot of these scenes have been done to death now. No pun intended. Um, And it really lacks, it seems to lack the inventive designs of Geiger. Uh, And instead, it's just some old-fashioned Freddy Krueger type stuff. So I don't really expect much from this film, but I feel like I should see it just to find out for sure. And who knows, it could be really great. So now I'm off to go and see it. I'm going to walk down the road uh, and go and see the film. And... uh, I will catch up with you in just a moment and I'll let you know what I thought of the film. Hello, so I'm back and I've been to see uh, Alien Covenant and uh, this is what I thought of it in general. So, um, trying to start positive, I think it's basically a pretty good film. It's probably on a par with Prometheus, maybe slightly better than Prometheus. A little bit better than I expected. I think I went in with fairly low expectations and that might account for the fact that my general mood after seeing it is a bit like, "Mm." you know, that's basically my review. Mm." Like that. Um, Now, I'm trying to start a little bit positive, but there are problems with it and I thought it was a bit stupid. I'll go into those things in a minute. But other things like some other good things, the monsters are vicious and there's quite a lot of gore. Uh, which is nice if you like that kind of thing. Uh, There's the usual scary stuff involving weird mutating space creatures that really don't like humans at all. There are some good um, kind of cool action sequences involving those uh, weird mutating space creatures. The story combines some bits of Prometheus with some bits which are a bit like the first Alien film. The ending is pretty good. There's a sort of a twist, which is a little bit of a surprise. I say a little bit of a surprise. I mean, you can you can pretty much see it coming, but it's still an interesting thing that they did near the end of the film. In fact, kind of right at the end of the film. Um, there are some good moments featuring Michael Fassbender. He's in it twice. He plays two characters. Uh, and there are some really good moments with him. And generally, the cast do a good job. Um, but the sp- the script, I think, is the problem. It's quite cheesy and it's very pretentious with all these allusions to big existential themes. Um, so it was basically all right as a monster movie. You know, it was kind of a g- exciting film. I felt gripped by it throughout. There was never a moment where I was like waiting for it to finish. It was definitely gripping all the way through. But uh, the the whole thing still doesn't really make much sense to me. And uh, despite those positive things that I've just said, uh, the film as a whole 
is a bit of a confusing disappointment that is pretty much the same stuff we had in Prometheus. It's more like a Prometheus sequel than an Alien prequel, I think. It's more like the world of Prometheus, really. I feel like Ridley Scott just sort of... I get the impression he kind of wants to just tell another story. He just wants to do a a whole other story. And he's kind of um, piggybacking on the Alien franchise uh, to get this opportunity to make this whole other story. And you get the impression he feels sort of obliged to crowbar some aliens into it he's like i want to do a story about creation and about you know where humans come from and about playing god and myths of creation and all that stuff and artificial intelligence and some of the ideas that i dealt with in blade runner that kind of thing um you know i want to do that and the studio are like well we'd really like it if you did a a new alien film because you know people do like aliens they uh, we don't know why but they love these horrible creatures that impregnate humans and then burst out and cause a lot of havoc. People love that. We still don't know why. So, you know, go ahead, make your film, but can you just put some aliens into it? That might help the box office. Maybe that's what's going on. I don't know. But um, essentially, okay, let me try and tell you about the uh, the storyline without giving away big spoilers again, okay? So essentially, it's the, it's the story of a crew of people who answer a distress call in space and end up getting caught up with a few aliens and they try to escape while also trying to understand what's going on. And there are themes about creation, simulation, playing God, all of which have been dealt with before by Ridley Scott, but probably better than in this film, like, for example, Blade Runner. Um, Again, without giving away too many spoilers, here are some rambling comments on Alien Covenant having just seen it. So there are lots of things I don't understand. For example, what are the motivations of, well, everyone, but what are the motivations of the alien or any of the aliens? Because you get a few different types of alien in this. What what are the motivations of those aliens? Um, and in the original film, you could sense that the alien was basically trying to survive or was attempting to get to Earth in order to propagate the species just like humans. Um, in in aliens uh, the alien queen seems intelligent enough to have a kind of mental battle with ripley but here the alien's only motive seems to be just to kill everyone just kill everything that moves immediately it's it's pretty much that like you know they arrive and then they're just like right who wants who wants to die first come on then it's basically the motivation of the alien as far as i can see there doesn't seem to be much strategy going on like in the first film in the first film, you got the sense the alien was like hunting them down, maybe biding its time, developing, getting stronger, and then striking when the time was right. But these ones, basically, it's kind of like, just kill everything right now. Uh, or indeed not kill everything, because sometimes, inexplicably, the, the aliens choose not to kill some people. And you kind of think, how are you making that decision? How do you know? I mean, for, especially if you've just been born, how do you know that that dude is all right and that one you need to kill immediately how do you know that i don't know i don't understand that david continues to be this interesting character he's a uh, like a synthetic person robot android android i think is the word and he's quite interesting because he's from the prometheus film so we already know him a little bit and we don't know if we should if we can trust him and he's got like this blonde hair and this vague sort of david bowie thing going on like david bowie from the um early 1970s the man who fell to earth this kind of 
slightly kind of alien feeling, ironically enough. Um, so he's an interesting character. And I also wonder what David's motives are and why he has those motives. And in the end, basically, I've decided that David has just gone a bit mental after spending too much time in space all on his own. There's a TV series in the UK called Red Dwarf, which you probably don't know. I mean, let's be honest, you're probably not going to know Red Dwarf. But uh, there's this great comedy series, and it's science fiction. And it kind of makes fun of a lot of the things that we've seen in things like alien films, you know, these monsters and uh, uh, robots and, and things like that. So it kind of makes fun of all that stuff. And there's this character called Holly, and Holly is like this supercomputer, this artificial intelligence, and he gets stuck on a spaceship for like millions of years. And uh, in the beginning, Holly is like super clever, the cleverest robot uh, in the universe. And after two million years on its own, it's basically gone senile. He's just kind of gone a bit mad. And he's a bit like this. Hello, all right, I'm Ollie. Uh, you know, all the, all the damage report systems are all in line. You know, he's got this kind of uh, stupid intelligence. And I get the feeling that that's what's happened with Michael Fassbender's character, David, that he's spent too long on his own in deep space and he's basically gone a bit mental. I mean, there's a sort of ironic twist about creation and being a creator. And um, there's some sense that maybe David is a bit pissed off because he's a robot. You know, he's basically like, I am a, I am a robot and I'm, uh, I don't get the right to uh, create things. So he's not really like David Bowie. Imagine David Bowie, who wasn't, wasn't allowed to create music. I'm David Bowie and I'm not allowed to create music. And you know what? I want to destroy the human race. But as a robot... I don't know if that makes any sense, but uh, clearly he's he's spent too long in space on his own and he's gone a bit robo-mental and uh, that seems to be the only way I can account for his actions in this film. He's a bit, he's a bit space-mental and he's obsessed by playing God, uh, which is ironic considering he is the result of humans' experiments in playing God. So it's all about playing God and uh, how that's basically a bad thing. Like, don't play God. Playing God, bad big aliens created or oh, no got bad trying to create a new race or creating life in the form of artificial intelligence or cloning that's all bad because that's all god's business there's a little bit of religious sort of stuff going on in this film as well i think so the planet that these people discover is um they're just traveling through space this crew of people uh they've got like two thousand uh, human bodies in stasis in the ship and they're going to colonize a new planet Okay, and um, they get like this distress signal from a planet and the computer scans the planet and it turns out this planet is apparently even safer and even more perfect than the one that they were looking for. Even though later on we discover that literally tons of black goo uh, were dropped on it not that long ago and so there might be xenomorphs running around all over it and it's a little bit unfriendly to put it mildly so what on earth kind of computer scan says that this planet is so perfect that doesn't make any sense so there is a moment when some black goo is dropped on a planet right so when that happens it doesn't turn all the people into super strong monsters like in prometheus because if, if you remember in prometheus just touch the black goo you become a super strong very angry monster well in this one the like the whole planet gets gets covered in it and no one turns into a super strong monster they just sort of die like it's like it's uh, a volcano's lava or something they just die why i don't understand where's the consistency it's just there's no cons- consistency 
And that's a big problem because these films keep breaking their own rules and it just kind of comes across as sloppy or arrogant and annoying. There are all the usual horror movie cliches, including people saying, like, two people at least in this film basically say, I'll be right back. And then they sort of wander off on their own. And of course they they meet a sticky end, which is like the classic horror movie um, cliche of someone just going, I'm just, you know, I'll be back in a minute. I'm just going to go out for a cigarette or something. Uh, I'm just going to go to the loo. Um, not that that happens in many films, but it's probably like, I'm just going to go out for a cigarette. And then you get these scenes where you just, the camera's just watching the person smoking a cigarette. Like literally nothing is happening. And you think the only reason the camera's watching this person is because something's going to happen to him. He's just standing there smoking a cigarette, blah, 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 fine. No point to the scene. And of course, something's going to happen to him. So all those cliches. I found it quite exciting and enjoyable for the usual reasons. You know, like the moments of tension and the bits where the alien attacks, the moments of mutation and stuff like that. I mean, it's creepy and weird. I never got, I never really got scared. I found it gross and disgusting and quite thrilling, but I was never really scared like I was in probably watching Alien, the first Alien film. So, you know, I quite liked all of the, all those bits and pieces, but generally I think the film doesn't really do anything for the overall story. And certainly doesn't really neatly line up with Alien. Because, I mean, this film doesn't... This doesn't connect to Alien at all. I mean, that was one of the problems with Prometheus. You were thinking, this whole thing is going to take us straight into the beginning of Alien. like A bit like the way Rogue One did that with Star Wars. You know, you kind of think, it's going to line up. We're going to know the origins of the Alien. And by the end of Prometheus, you're just like, what? And now it's just really weird. It's gone off in this weird direction. Well, like Alien Covenant does exactly the same thing. Um, So I expect that there will be yet another prequel that somehow connects this film to Alien. In fact, I've heard that Ridley Scott's got plans for like, weirdly, he's got a plan to do a prequel to Alien Covenant. Like, really? Can Hollywood directors please learn how to count? You can't keep switching the numbers around. He's basically gone all George Lucas on us here. Seems to be what he's doing and kind of reinventing the franchise in a way that doesn't really help or add to the uh to the original films so you know i i feel like it's a gravy train at this point like the the makers of the franchise are just sort of like cashing in on uh the alien sort of uh popularity and they don't really seem to be interested in doing anything really new do they or do they i don't know i mean in a sense ridley scott is doing something a bit new with this so fair enough maybe they are pushing things a bit but i don't know i just feel like it could have been done slightly better you know i would say that at the end of prometheus there was a moment that was pretty sort of fascinating and horrifying right at the end of prometheus but you don't really get that in this one uh but you do see a return of the xenomorph uh, i guess it sort of looks a bit like it in previous films the alien seemed to take its time do you remember this like in alien uh, the the alien itself would take a lot of time to develop and if someone got uh, a face hugger the face hugger would be on for like hours and hours and then uh, it wouldn't be until like a day or two later that anything would happen as a result you know it's the the alien took its time and it was in those quiet moments where the you know the alien is up to something that's when you get the real tension building and your mind starts to play tricks on you and you see things in the shadows and stuff like that in the first film you hardly ever saw the alien which gave it so much more menace. It's like in the original Jaws film by Steven Spielberg, right? Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that. Jaws, Steven Spielberg, brilliant film. And w- one of the things that made it so good was the limitations 
of the filmmaking and it forced uh, Steven Spielberg to work really hard on the direction because you couldn't really show the shark because apparently the shark model that they were using looked absolutely rubbish it was a total disaster it kept you know kept breaking down it was like this animatronic shark totally awful and so Steven Spielberg had to build the tension and the action and the fear without really showing it to you and so you hardly ever saw the shark in, in Jaws just brief glimpses and that really made it sort of much better it made it more scary because we didn't see the shark, you know, and so we kind of, your mind fills in the blanks and that ultimately is more frightening because I think our minds are capable of creating more fear than actually seeing the monster up close. And in the original Alien, they faced sort of similar limitations as in Jaws when they were making it. And as a result, you can, you hardly ever see the Alien either, just a few moments. Most of Alien is is just sort of atmospheric darkness and creepy the creepy inside spaces of this vast mining ship, punctuated by moments of like really quick, um, uh, very specific action involving this alien, then you never really get a chance to have a proper look at it. Uh, and that makes it really terrifying. There are so many opportunities for your mind to play tricks on you. But you don't get that kind of thing so much in the in the new film. In fact, in the new film, you see plenty of the, the xenomorph and although it looks really impressive and the graphics are better than they are they were in the 90s it still doesn't really help things much and also things happen so much more quickly in this film like the aliens are mutating like just in a matter of minutes and so you kind of think what wait a minute how come they're they're much faster what's going on doesn't really make much sense um i didn't also find it very frightening i said that and i think that's kind of related to the fact that the special effects were computer animated you know um and i just knew that these monsters didn't really exist they were just animations and um and also there's a moment in the film where you see things from the alien's point of view you get like an alien vision and that's kind of that's never happened before and that's kind of just a bit stupid and funny really i i still have no idea how they managed to make uh, these scenes you know they are incredible but somehow it still isn't as good as, you know, all of the old animatronic effects that they used to do in the old days. There's just something about having a real thing there in front of the camera, even if it might look like a man in a suit sometimes. It's still, it still occupies the space and the actors can kind of work off it. But when computer-generated images uh, are used, it still looks very slightly like a cartoon or an animation. It's difficult to make a computer image move things Re, uh, you know like they really move in the real world you know um even something like an alien that doesn't exist in the real world you just get a sense of how they would move through the air you know you just kind of you can get a sense of the size the maybe the bulk and how they move through the air you know and so when um the computer graphics replicate it sometimes they just can't capture it because it takes you out of the film because you know that they're moving in a way that you know they probably wouldn't move if they were that size in the original Alien films, I felt like the aliens were a lot more real and therefore more frightening. Uh, the Alien Queen, for example, you could kind of sense, that you could feel the arms whooshing through the air and you could see them pushing smoke out of the way. And you get the sense that, you know, she's a, the Alien Queen is a real thing, even if it's just a model. You know, you can suspend your disbelief a little bit and it really helps you to, you know, imagine this is a real thing because it kind of was. It was actually there. It was captured on camera. Um, so the aliens in this new film do look fantastic, but it's still not quite right somehow. And also there's, there's a range of aliens in this one, and some of them are a bit crap, to be honest. They're not too far from 
the kind of thing that we've seen in computer games plenty of times before. Like, for example, in a in a, a game of Resident Evil or something, it's the same kind of weird, formless, faceless monsters with big teeth. They're not as fascinating as the original Alien. Uh, the main female character is uh, her name is Daniels. She's basically Ripley. It seems in every Alien film you need to have like a female character who fights uh, fights against the aliens. And so basically this this one is just like Alien uh, not Alien uh, it's like Ripley number 4, Ripley 5 or something. Um she's not quite as good as Ripley, but I am a fan of Sigourney Weaver. I think she's brilliant and I'm not alone in thinking that. I think Sigourney Weaver brought a lot to the role and really helped the franchise in general. She's just got this kind of dignity and um she seems kind of sharp and independent and clever. Um and I think that really helped. Um, but there are some good performances in this. I mean, the the, the lead actress uh, is good. You know, she's perfectly good. Um, you know, Ridley Scott has done an amazing job on the visuals in the sense that the whole world looks fantastic. Uh, but it still makes no sense to me at all. You know, so this crew of people with a, with thousands of humans in, in cyber sleep hits an electric storm and they're woken up and they're about to get back in their sleep pods when they pick up this kind of signal from a nearby planet. And they decide to investigate. The, the computer goes, yeah, the planet's great. And then they go to investigate it, even if it takes them away from this seriously big mission that they're on. They've got 2,000 humans on board, and they're going to like terraform a new planet. That's a, that's a really important mission. You know, th- several thousand human lives are at stake. And, and they're just like, nah, let's go and visit this planet instead. And the computer's like, yeah, the com- that planet's brilliant. It's even better than the other one. And they're like, great, fine. Just let's totally change the plan and go down to this new planet. Pretty dumb thinking. And as far as I remember from the film, it made me laugh because the reason they chose to do it, because basically the the crew didn't want to get back in their pods. Like, yeah, we don't want to get back in our pods. We can't be bothered to get back in our sleep pods. So it's like, yeah, let's just bring this 2000 these 2000 humans down to this planet uh which may or may not be infected with incredibly dangerous creatures and also if you get a discre- if you ever get a distress call in space and you're in an alien film don't go and answer it uh just don't uh, I, th- I don't know how many times that's happened in alien or in other films where they're just like you know going through space everything's fine yeah we've done our job let's go back to earth and then beep Beep. Oh, there's like this really scary, mysterious distress call coming from a planet that, uh, um, you know, we've never visited. So if that ever happens, don't go. Just don't. Just keep going. Go home. But of course they do. And bad things happen. And they meet someone from one of the other films. You're not sure what his intentions are. It seems that he's keen on keeping the aliens alive, mainly because it's his hobby to mess with black goo and humans. That seems to be it, as far as I can tell. It's all down to a guy with a really weird hobby. Uh, that's what this film is about. And also, this, this film seems to break the rules from the other alien films. Like, oh, I didn't realise that a person could be... I didn't realise a person could be impregnated by a facehugger that quickly. There's, there's like The facehugger pretty much sneezes on a guy and then he's got an alien, you know? So I, I didn't realise that was possible. I also didn't realise that alien blood could impregnate someone with an alien because that seems to have happened at one point and other things like that. So generally, I'm a bit disappointed, although not as disappointed as I expected I would be. 
because I wanted to be able to say how this was a brilliant film and that you should definitely go and see it. See it. But I, you know, I think that if you are a fan of um, the Alien franchise and um, you know you like the films, then you should probably go and see this. If you've got a choice between this and Guardians of the Galaxy, you should probably go and see Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, it's you know you can miss it. Catch it on on like Blu-ray or you know stream it or something when it comes out. And so don't worry about going to the cinema to see it. So there you go. I was thinking actually about the aliens. And when you think about it, the aliens from these films, they are, they're bastards, aren't they? They're absolute bastards. Because sometimes you get these theories by fans of the films who've seen these films a few too many times. And they kind of say that they start thinking, well, yeah, maybe the aliens are the good guys. And you start kind of siding with the aliens. But when you think about it, the aliens are right gits. I mean, they're absolute gits. They really are. Um, first of all, they're really racist, okay? They're super racist aliens. I mean, their immigration policy is basically kill everyone or, or at worst, impregnate everyone with an alien, which would then kill them. So actually, to be honest, it's more like first first policy just impregnate everyone with an alien that will eventually kill them which is when you think about it the worst form of ethnic cleansing or it's two just kill everyone really quickly which is not very friendly and that's it so generally i think they look upon any other race or species with a fairly dim view you could say um secondly they are absolutely no fun at all aliens have you ever been to an alien party no of course you haven't because they don't have them they don't exist have you ever seen an alien being romantic? Oh, how sweet. He bought that other lady alien some flowers. Like that alien princess. He bought her some flowers. Oh, what a sweet act. What, oh, aliens are lovely, aren't they? No, they're not. They don't do that because, as far as I can tell, they don't date. They don't go out on dates with each other, do they? They don't go on romantic dates or express any amorous or romantic sentiments. And this is basically because their whole method of propagation of the species doesn't actually include any mating rituals you know we've all got our mating rituals if we want to you know reproduce we um you know in if you're a human if you're an english person the mating ritual is basically going out and getting really drunk and going to a very dark room where they're playing very loud music so you literally can't you can't see or hear or feel anything and eventually you will get off with someone that's basically the, the english mating ritual in other countries, obviously, you're far more romantic and it involves, you know, all the sort of romantic um, things that you do and all that stuff. But in England, it's like drink down the down the club, bish bash bosh. <laughs> anyway, for aliens, they don't have a mating ritual. You know, unlike animals, which have, you know, there there's a couple of pigeons that sit on the wall outside my window while I'm recording the podcast. And I get to see their mating ritual happen on a regular basis. And as far as I can tell, the pigeon's mating ritual is basically that the male pigeon puffs up his feathers and makes himself look all big and brilliant. And he, he turns a few circles, which obviously is very impressive. Turning in a circle quickly. Oh, oh so hot. <laughs> that's, that's what the female pigeons are supposed to think. Oh, I do like the way he turns in that circle. Oh, that's nice. I don't know why turning in a circle is so attractive for, for a pigeon, but apparently it is. And then, after he's turned in a circle a few times, if the girl's up for it, 
it, it just looks like they have a fight, as far as I can tell. In fact, it, as far as I can tell, whenever pigeons do have sex, it doesn't seem completely consensual, I have to say. It looks like there's a bit of a struggle going on. I'm not sure that she's completely into it. Anyway, that's the uh, pigeons mating ritual, which thankfully is, you know, it's better than the, it's, well, no, it's, it's worse than the English one. Yeah, it is, definitely, yeah. Anyway, but for aliens, they've got no mating ritual at all uh, because they don't, they don't mate with each other. You know, they don't need to date because that's not how they produ- reproduce. You know, they, they, so an alien's idea of a romantic date would, pro- would probably involve finding a bunch of humans in some sweaty old corridor on an ancient spaceship, right? That's like an alien's Friday night. So... Aliens don't have mating rituals, which, you know, that kind of kills the whole groovy bar scene, the social scene that you would imagine is essential for having a good time in any town, but not where the aliens are from. If you go to their hometown, there are no bars, there's no karaoke, there's really nothing to do uh, except die. Um, Clearly, what we need here is the predator to come along and sort these aliens out. We need a predator to come down and just be like, right, I, I hear you've got an alien problem. We need a cockney predator to come down from space. All right, governor, I hear you've got a, you've got a bit of an alien problem. Yeah, well, I'm a predator, you see. Yeah, a predator. Yeah, that's right. I'm a predator. And uh, yeah, it's basically it's my job to sort out these aliens. Fucking aliens, honestly. What can you do, mate? Honestly, they're a right nightmare, aren't they? No, don't worry. Leave it to me. I'll come back right in three days. Just try and survive for three days. I'll come back. I'll sort out your alien problem. And uh, the check will be in the post. All right, Governor? So we obviously need um, a, a predator to come in. Because I think the predator knows how to how to have a good time. Doesn't he? Just have a look at the predator. He knows how to party with those dreadlocks. Because predators have dreadlocks, right? I bet predators smoke space weed and listen to, like, space reggae music. And he probably likes to party with the ladies. I expect he goes on a lot of dates. After all, his name is the Predator. <sighs> all right, that's it. I'm, I'm going to stop now. That's it. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for listening to me rambling on about Alien Covenant. I'll be back on the podcast soon. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, 
you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.